Hello. Hello, everybody. This is Charlie and Nicole, or Nicole and Charlie. Hello, and, hello. Uh, hello, hello. And it's um, to podcast to hell and back. And this is the podcast where we go over what happens to people when they get into hell in their lives and what are some of the solutions for that. That's what this is all about, to boil it down a little bit. And um, And by the way, I think we're approaching our 100th podcast on To Hell and Back. So you can go back on some day when you have about 100 free hours, you can go back and just watch through everything. Just binge watch, you know, all of these. And I dare you. The Netflix of DBT. (laughs) The Netflix of DBT. Um, So here we are today. And what we're going to do today is um, talk, uh, take further what we've done recently. There have been several podcasts about narcissism, narcissistic features, narcissistic personality, narcissistic behaviors. And uh, really, this is a pickup from the last one we did, which was, uh, you, you can find about two podcasts ago. It was the last narcissism podcast. We went over behavior patterns that people have with narcissism that you would find in DBT, dialectical behavior therapy. Right? So we want to take it one step further today and show how a psychotherapy session in DBT would go with somebody with narcissistic features, narcissistic behavior patterns, how that might look. Um, and before we start it, it's a, we're going to do a, a, a role play and, um, of, a, of a therapy session. And before we start, I just want to say a couple things about DBT and uh, treating narcissism. When, when, you have, when you have the model of DBT, and many people who listen to these know about DBT one way or another, um, we pretty much use it exactly as it was designed when Marshall Linehan developed it for borderline personality disorder and for suicidal people and substance abuse people. It's basically standard DBT, but then you have to tweak it in various ways to address narcissistic behavior patterns. But not that much. It's mostly the same. Um, built DBT is a model of treatment that's filled with tools. It's like a huge toolbox. And within those tools, there are tools to treat lots of different things. So even though it was designed for these complicated, difficult disorders, there's within it you could treat depression. Within it you could treat anxiety. Within it you can treat substance use disorders. Within it you can treat eating disorders. And it turns out that within it, you can treat narcissistic personality disorder. Um, but that's not talked about very much. So this is, uh, you're, getting a, you're getting the cutting edge right here about that. It hasn't, there's no book on DBT for narcissistic disorders. At least it hasn't been written until Nicole and I write it. The Vanguard. This is the Vanguard. Vanguard. Right. So, um, and so one more thing, one, that the whole package of DBT skills which you can find all over this previous episodes of the podcast. There's a lot of the podcasts have been about what are DBT skills? How do you regulate yourself? How do you regulate your emotions? How do you deal with your relationships? Basic core stuff about how to be a human being is all through this. So all of those are applicable with when you work with somebody with narcissism. They need ways to regulate their emotions. They need ways to regulate their relationships. They have a... They have various kinds of trouble that are specific to some degree to them, but also common to everybody who's having trouble with their emotions. So, um, and we do a lot of uh, standard techniques like behavioral chain analysis, 
is the DBT therapist's way of getting a story. Every therapy, every type of therapy, and many of you maybe been in therapy, you have to get the story. And in DBT, the way you get the story is kind of in a step-by-step -step way. So I'm going to be getting a story uh, from my client in this role play, and we're going to unfold this story step-by-step -step and look at it. And some parts of that story are going to be sort of driven by narcissistic behavioral patterns. Some are not. And as we go along, I'm going to try to do a session the way I would do such a session. Uh, but also I might uh, turn, turn in the direction of talking about certain things that are related to narcissism along the way. I'm not sure. We'll see how it goes because this is an unrehearsed, completely unrehearsed thing. This is, you know, this is a premiere of this particular uh, theater. Yes. And um, so I will just say one thing I want you to have in mind. DBT is called dialectical behavior therapy. And a lot of focus on what it means to be dialectical. And we've done some podcasts, including Nicole and I have done some podcasts on being dialectical. And uh, one of the, di the dialectic, the contradiction that comes up when you're looking a lot at narcissistic personality disorder is the dialectic between being, on the one hand, very vulnerable, uh, very insecure, feeling shaky, uh, feeling ashamed of yourself, maybe self-critical, feeling hurt, feeling down and out. And then on the other hand, at the other side of that, the same person at another point in time, feeling on top of the world, feeling like the best ever, feeling uh, what you know would be called grandiose, though that sounds a little too judgmental to me, but it captures the idea that you really think of yourself as not having problems. You're above everybody else. You're better, and the world is your world. The world is your oyster, you know, and that's sort of... So this pat, this going back and forth, which I think you're going to see in this session, if it unfolds the way I think it will, some version of it, you're going to see the, the grandiosity and you're going to see the vulnerability. And that's part of what you're doing, what you're looking for when you're treating patients like this. Okay? So we're going to we're going to jump into a session where um, and I'm not going to set up the session, especially. I just think you're going to tune in and I think you're going to learn enough as we go along to get an idea of where where this is at. But my patient here is Taylor and Taylor is uh, is a woman in her 20s. Uh, and uh, I guess that's, that's all I'll say for now. We'll just get into it. And I've been her and I've been her therapist for a while. Um, a few months, let's say. Okay. So Taylor, how are you doing? It's good to see you. Yeah. Hi, doctor. Um, hi. Hi. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right. I wasn't going to come in. Um, mm. I, I just have a little bit of a headache and I think that, I think you're going to get mad at me. Mm. Um, it's so unusual for you to not want to come in. I just want to comment on that. I'm not. That's not a criticism. It's just unusual. So I, oh. I, I'm you. You you usually pretty much leaning into therapy, and I think, uh, yeah. And you've had some hard things you've gone through. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe it's the weather. I don't know. Are you saying you're not going to get mad at me? Whatever I say. 
I probably won't. It's not usually been my style at all working with you that I would get mad at you about what you say. Sometimes I, I'll just I might raise questions or something. I just have no idea what you're what you're going to be talking about. Okay, good. I um, guess you're you're concerned that I'll be mad. There's something you think well, I might be mad about. I, mean, I don't know. I I was at a dinner. I threw. I threw a glass at this man's head, and I was oh. asked to leave. And what? I was asked to leave. You were asked to leave. I was asked to leave. Whoa. Haven't heard that one before. Not from you. Yeah. So you, you threw a, a glass at a man's head, and you were asked to leave. And um, God, it must have happened since our last session, because I don't remember anything about this last time. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds like something. Are Are you open to talking about it? Yeah. I mean, I know it sounds bad, but he deserved it, and I'm. I'm really. I'm. I'm honestly. I'm pissed off that I even have to explain it because. Hmm. It was so. Yeah. I mean, I've, ne I've never, I've never, I've known you to get really angry at some people, but I've never known you to throw a glass at somebody. So I'm sure that your buttons were all pushed, all pushed. And that must have been, uh, you, you must have really been uh, over the top in how, how angry or how upset you felt. I was felt. just disgusted. I was just disgusted. I don't even know that I was, I was just disgusted. Disgusted. Okay. I was disgusted and I was offended. Mm. Mm. But, I mean, you would have done it. I know you would have done the exact same thing. I really want to hear about it because uh, I don't, I don't, of course I don't know what I would have done in that situation, but I know it was an extreme situation. I yeah, know, was, I already it was, know it was. It was, it was, it was really, it was awful. It was awful. Mm. So, mm. you really want to know? Yeah. Yeah, okay, tell me so, the story of what led up to that or what, yeah, give me the, give me the story. Okay, so remember, remember Gina and the yeah. dinner before the wedding. Yeah. The big yeah, your setup. friend who was, was she was going to get married and then you were going to go to dinner The big dinner, with, her. with the big setup. Big dinner before the wedding. Right, the night before the wedding, the amazing the wedding. dinner with the amazing guy. I remember you were you were perfect for me. Right, you were perfect getting ready for, for me. That. The one that she just could not wait for me to meet. Wow! Remember? Right, yeah, I do yeah. remember. I do remember. It was going to be brilliant and gorgeous and everything. So I get to the dinner and they have you know place cards or whatever. And first of all. They put me at some little loser table. Ooh. Yeah, like 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 where they put like the discarded relatives or whatever. They were I wasn't even at the main table. So But you had a lot of friends there, I thought. Or, yeah, or people you like, used to know, right? Well Gina's my roommate in college. Like Yeah. Yeah. So I was just well, put with the discards, which I I mean I assumed was a mistake because obviously like who's gonna put me at the discard table? So I just moved myself over to the main table. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, because, like, why would they put me at the discard table? But then right. somebody moved right. me back. 
Oh, I went you mean to you? Pee, and then my thing was moved. My little place card was moved back. What an insult! I was. It was unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. I know. But then everybody had sat down at the main table because I went to just fix my makeup, and everybody had sat down at the main table, and there was nowhere else for me to go but this disgusting little discard table next to this fat, ugly man. Oh no! I was this the it. was this the guy? Right. This was the guy you were being set up. I with? mean, I could. I would never have thought. I mean, I. I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even talk to him for the first whatever. I didn't really talk to any. I, like I said, it was like the loser table, and so I was just like trying to get Gina's attention. Mm. The photographer barely looked at me. Mm. Mm. And. Oh my God! She didn't even ask me to make a speech or a toast. Anyway, mm. um, so you were not. So you go in there feeling like this is going to be a special night. I looked amazing. And you looked amazing. I'm I sure you did. Fucking amazing. Right. I mean. Right. No, I know you. And you would even, if I remember right, from last week, you told me. You were like making sure you like lost a little bit of weight so you could fit into what you wanted to wear, week. and it was. I didn't eat that week. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, I was. I had double Pilates every day. Mm. I was fucking smoking. Mm. Mm. I looked better than anybody mm. else there, and everybody knew it. Maybe mm. that's why they put me at that table, honestly, because I looked better than every other woman there. But you know, your experience must have been going from. As you walk in the door, I'm just trying to picture what it would have been like, because you're going there excited about this amazing guy and this wedding, and that it's going to be all a special night. And then you knew within a minute oh. that things weren't right for you, that they weren't the way you had, had envisioned them, right? I couldn't, I could not believe She put me at that table. Maybe she's pissed off at me. Oh, well, I, I, I said something to her, but maybe I'll tell you about that after. So, mm-hmm. oh, God. Um, anyway. So you felt uh, suddenly um, degraded. I was I'm the trying best to looking think. woman in that room, and they put me in the fucking corner. Yeah, I felt degraded. I mean, of course I felt degraded. It was obscene. And then, oh, oh, and they didn't have my special meal. You know, I I asked for a vegan meal. I asked for a special meal. I gave them all my dietary requirements, and they just gave me the fish. Like, I wasn't even there. So, I mean, so I didn't eat that night either. I hadn't eaten all week, so I fit in that dress. Then I didn't eat. So I probably drank a little bit more than I should have. Yeah. So you, in a but way, you know, of course, it's a wedding, like it's dinner, whatever. It's a, it's a you celebration. Know, th- and t- extreme things happen going into weddings and coming out of weddings. So it's a mm-hmm. very loaded situation, and it's a special situation. And Gina's a friend, and you had already had dinner with her and her fiance. You had gone to the trouble of taking them out. I know. All right, to dinner in advance. And they were so and, excited to have me there. I knew they didn't invite me in the beginning because they were they were intimidated. By the way, but, I was a little. Uh, by the way, when you told me that last week, 
I, I was very happy for you when I heard last week how this was going to go, but I was a little bit nervous that she had not put you in the, in the invitation list, the original list. Why. I wondered we what was going why. on. Why? I don't because know why. She was worried I wouldn't come. I mean, obviously. Oh, what? Why would, why would you not because come? Because she knows. She knows who I am. She knows that I don't usually like hang out with people like her. I mm. think she just didn't want me to say no. Mm. I mean, I get that. I probably wouldn't have come unless, you know, unless I hadn't been not invited. And then, of course, I wanted to go. Wanted to go. Yeah. And when you said, Taylor, people like her, I guess I don't know enough about her or who she is in your life. What do you mean people like her? I mean, you know, like people that are not well known, people that like don't do anything special, just like normal people, like normal people, you know, like, yeah. She's just like a, she's mm. not the brightest. Like, I think mm. she got into school on some, like, sports scholarship. She's she's not particularly, like, interesting. Nobody, I mean, I don't know. She's got so no you're, media. And so you, you were, like, in a way, the way you describe it, you were, like, the most special person there. Well, yeah. The most beautiful and of the course. hottest and I all was. of that. Of course. That's that's just you take and so so you're going in and feeling like you're being treated like the lowest person there. Yeah. The the gap between it reality was, It was so stupid. I I mean they were like totally like it's like they didn't even know who I was. It's a terrible experience it was for all, you. I mean oh God. It was were so you a, bad. And were you what what did you mo- did you feel embarrassed? Did you feel ashamed? Or you or did you like, mostly feel angry? All of them. All of them. All of the feelings. I mean, at first, I mean, I was just, and then I was just bored. I mean, I was with this this group of idiots, like mm-hmm. ugly, boring idiots. That had nothing to say. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be in pictures with them. I mean, please. So, I was just sitting there, like waiting to figure out who this guy was because God help me. I didn't think it was the fat ugly man next to me. It seemed like like, a big, it seemed as if a big mistake has happened. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. Like what? No, I knew you'd get it. It was like, what is this fucking mistake? It's like you walked into the wrong dream. That's exactly, that's totally, that's exactly how I felt. I was like, you know, nightmare. Can I ask you, you might not be open or ready to have this kind of question because I'm just taking in how devastating this was. But I'm also curious from the point of view of things you and I've talked about before, like when this is this is like an, a version of a of a real blow. It's like an insult to your self-esteem, to your pride. And and and, and it's sort of like I wonder and now I know in advance that you're going to end up throwing a glass at this person. So obviously things are going to go downhill at some point here in this story. But I want to know, is there anything at this point, looking back, if you put yourself back in, you walk in that room, you see the place you were put, you see that you're at the discard table next to a fat, ugly guy, and that Gina seems to have forgotten who you are, and you're in the wrong dream. Okay, all of that goes on. What would have been the way to handle that? 
Is there anything different that you might have done that where it might have ended up going better or you might have left earlier or something like that? I should have gotten the fuck out of there, honestly. Well, that would be that would be one option. Uh, That'd be one option. I didn't want to waste my outfit. (laughs) You love your outfits. No, I know. I know. But I'm I'm thinking of all reasons. I should show you pictures. Like I look on, on point. So. I mean, I didn't want to just go home. I had spent three and a half hours getting ready. I didn't want to waste my outfit. All right, like, so you what could am I still just go out by myself. No. All right, I get it. So you didn't. Your alternative was to leave and not have photographs, even, and not have you know what you looked like with your outfit. And well, and, and at this point, I didn't know who the guy was. Like, I still thought I was going to meet. So the you guy. still thought maybe this guy's going to be some amazing guy? Still, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, they all said right. he was perfect for me. So, I mean, wouldn't you think that? Like, please. I'm just, but I'm, I'm still trying to think, Taylor, like what could, at that point, I mean, obviously you could do a hundred different things and you arrive in a scene like that. And I'm just trying to, well, I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you one or two. You can tell me, you know, I would have thought if I got, if I walked in there and felt so degraded and insulted and treated that way just when I was ready for an exciting thing with an exciting person. I'm trying to think what I would have done. But if I I would have first been very upset, very upset. And then I would have thought, holy shit, now what? And then I might have said, you know what? I better take a walk. And that's what I would do. I can't imagine if you would. I I might have said, hey, I... Stilettos, doctor. I, I, you don't just go I wouldn't for a be. Stroll. I don't. I don't go for a stroll in stilettos. That's for sure. Yes, that's true. No, you don't just go for. I mean, it was windy out there. Like it's windy out there. No, I had. But to some. But some version of this. I'm trying to think, like, you know, of just distracting yourself a little bit, so that you because you're already. But but now that you're telling well, me this, I had a cocktail, but I had no food in my stomach, and then I had another cocktail, and then I started to feel a little bit off, and I had a headache, and then I got a little irritable. Hmm. Hmm. That maybe was, you know, maybe I should have had some nuts or something. But I figured they'd like. I sent in my full order. I sent in exactly what I wanted for dinner, and it was like they didn't get it. But you see, the reason I'm saying this is, you know, from your DBT skills class. That, like, one thing, I, I would be considering this emotionally a crisis. Yeah. Wouldn't you I say? Agree. Totally. It's a crisis. And, and, and there are that, those set of skills of how to navigate a crisis without making things worse. But right? No, I was making things worse. I, I know you didn't. I, 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 I buy that. I didn't actually make things worse. You didn't. I mean, actually, you the were still thinking. The face made things worse. I guess I guess his reputation kept going and Gina downhill. Fucking made things worse. I didn't make things worse. I was there trying to have no, a good time. I looked amazing. I was there. I I wasn't making things worse. I'm not saying you made things worse. I'm saying okay, that okay, you're that you were in a crisis situation. Yes. Yeah. That's that true. that your emotions were revved up, as is yes. understandable. The question is how to ride the waves of those emotions in a way that you come out feeling better rather than worse. And I don't know if it would have been a way, but I'm Wait, saying. Let's be real, though. So, so, but this is this is important because I wasn't thinking like, oh, alarms. I'm in a crisis. I was thinking, this no. is a fucking disaster. 
Yeah, it's a disaster. Something's gone wrong, and where's the guy? Like, I wasn't thinking crisis DBT skills. I was thinking, they've made a mistake. I better fucking fix it. And then, and then... Wait a minute. Where's the guy? You mean the, the, the fat, ugly guy next no, to you? you no, thought... the right guy. He was yeah, but not... you, th- you thought there not... was another guy? Yes. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought that was oh, a okay. bit, like, I was like trying to figure out, I was looking around the entire room trying to figure out which guy was my guy because clearly I was put in the wrong spot. Oh, 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 I get it. I didn't understand what that you're saying that. So you're actually not thinking, I have to get used to this guy. You're thinking, ew, there's another ew, guy. There's ew, another guy. Right, 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 right. This is like Twilight, Twilight Zone. You know, this is like an episode of Twilight Zone. I can't believe you would even think I would think, ew. No, I'm just trying to figure it out as we go. And so, so, okay, so you still have, so you actually still have a sliver of hope. Yes. That there's, that you're still going to meet this guy. Okay, okay. So, so what did you do in order to find that out? Well, I mean, I was looking around, whatever, and then... I mean, I was bored out of my mind, those people at that table. Really? Who were trying to talk to me and whatever. I mean, it was, it was, so I kept, like, looking around. I kept, like, waiting for a good time to get up. And then I had to listen through all these toasts. I tried to make a toast. Yeah? And then the fuck face, the fat, ugly fuck face, hushed me. Ooh. And said, shh. Ooh. I know. He's like. Who's, what, does he own you? Exactly. I'm like, get your filthy fat yeah, hands off no. of me. That's annoying. I know. I know. So whatever. I, I was like, get off of me. Did you have a toast in mind? You were thinking of? No, but I don't need a toast in mind. I mean, I just figured I speak extemporaneously. Speak. I speak so well just off the cuff. So, um, and I was just going to, you know, roll off my emotions, the vibe in the room. And I figured, you know, it was a way to maybe make an early connection with the real guy that I thought was somewhere there. Anyway, he was like, shh, get down. And then I guess Gina's father wanted to speak and whatever. So I sat down. Um, I got up. I went to the bathroom again for like 10 minutes. I just fixed my hair and I just sat there and well, I that, texted that's, Gina. That's a good idea. Um, well, I don't know if texting Gina is a good idea, but it's a good idea for you to get away for 10 minutes. That would be one way. But you yeah, tried to I did. text Gina. I tried to text Gina. her. I texted her like seven times. And then I called her three times. And then she wasn't answering. And I was like, fuck it. She probably has her bag somewhere else. So then I went back to the table. Uh, Nicole, and- I mean, Taylor, did it ever occur to you when you text her seven times? Is there another part of your mind that is saying, uh-oh, I'm going into the deep end here. I'm going off the rails a little bit. I mean, because that... To, to text the bride seven times, even though I understand where you're coming from. I just wonder if you had a perspective on yourself to realize, uh-oh, this is kind of, things are getting a little desperate. Well, no, I mean, I was thinking like maybe I drank a little bit too much and I was like, I needed a little bit of water. But I was so pissed and yeah. I thought she would want to make it better. Like, I thought she was like, I mean, I was sure she would just want to make it better. I knew that I knew that I was a little out of it and I knew that Okay. I you know, I knew that I was a little woozy but I just I just couldn't understand why 
she was wasting my time that way. So I yeah. went, I went back, whatever, I had some water, but I couldn't get, I couldn't get Gina's attention. So anyway, they started playing music. I, it was yeah. somewhere at like right after the dinner. And then the, the gross guy, yeah. he asked me to dance. Mm. That must have been awful for you. Just disgusting. Just disgusting for you. Disgusting. Yeah, because you're experiencing him as kind of the lowest of the low. I mean, like, like, what was he thinking? Mm. Who? who, You mean he's that because he's he's like looking out of his league or something like that? He's like. Do you think? You think? I don't know what he thinks, but oh my god. I'm just thinking from your point of view, it's like, what is this guy doing? He's not in the right category here. He's like, I, I mean, I was like, I was like, are you high? Hmm. Are you on crack? Like, hmm. I was just whatever. And then anyway, I was like, go fuck yourself. And he was like, Gina said you were a bitch, but you're not that hot. And I just like. Mm. I lost it. Because mm. your experience was to be insulted by him, of all people. I, I mean, it's like exactly. Mm. And mm. I like I wasn't like screaming, "Go fuck yourself!" I was just like, "Go fuck yourself!" Like, come on, creep, get out of here. But then he's like, "Gina said you're a bitch, and you're not even that hot." He said, "I'm not even that hot." Mm. Like mm. he said, "I'm not even that hot." He was fucking drooling over me the whole fucking night. Mm. Mm. Asshole. And Gina told him I was a bitch. Are you fucking kidding me? So anyway, whatever. Mm. Mm. I. Mm. You know, it's a time to pull the emergency cord at that point. It's just from your, from where well, you're I did. sitting. I did. There. I threw my fucking glass at him. I hit his head. He turned around so I didn't hit his face. Fucker. And then, and then, as I was being let out the door, I told mm. Gina that I was fucking sleeping with her fiance, which isn't true, but fuck, I wish it were. Mm. Bitch. You just thought you just wanted to punish her, get revenge somehow. Well, yeah, what, what is she doing? Killing this fuck face that I'm a bitch, huh? Like, and that is the guy? That was the guy. That hmm. was the guy. It sort of went from being your fondest dream before you went to being a nightmare. I mean, and your nightmare is like, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before, Taylor, the, the degree to which you battle with whether, with where your self-esteem is at, right? Like, is it on the floor? Are I, you picking or are you I scraping yourself this. up? I did not need this, right? Of course, I mean, like, of course I've you did You know what I've been going through. Like, I didn't need, I did not need, I needed a good night. I needed a great guy. I needed people to see me. I didn't need some disgusting, fat, fucking piece of shit to put me mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, I do so much, like, I couldn't, it was too much. And like, you know, Sarah, this it, it mutual was, friend, like, she's the one that, that put me back in touch with Gina. And so she's the one that texted me and... And she's like, you better not come to the wedding. And, I mean, like, 
They're treating me now like I'm a fucking pariah? I mean, it's not like I did anything wrong. I mean, I was just fucking standing up for myself. I don't think you did anything wrong. You even, you know, everything you have described so far, I think is understandable if somebody knows you. If somebody knows you, what I would what I would like us to be able to get to is where you face. I mean, to me, this was like going to the Olympics of self-esteem degradation. I, know. I mean, it's sort of like, how am I going to get through this? This is like, let's 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 give Taylor a test for whether she I mean, she's been in therapy for a while. She's gotten through a divorce. She's got she's been live, living alone. She's trying to cope. And we've been talking about how she can build her self-esteem up. Let's give her the biggest challenge ever. Right. And I no, it's really so good. I looked so fucking hot. Like, no, and that I and that's know, your. I mean, I know, and that's a ticket. That's one of the tickets <laughs> for you to get up out of the, off of the floor because you're already trying to get yourself back up. You're trying to build yourself up to where you feel like you're not just ashamed of yourself. And this was an opportunity, and so of course it was loaded. And you walk in and it's a and it's a it's a dream scenario turned into a nightmare scenario and it happens right away. So it would have it was just wrong. It was so wrong. Like it should never have happened like that. It should never have happened that way. They should never have lied to me. They should never have lied to me and said he was perfect. Like what the fuck? Like and you think they were just trying to like screw me over? Do you think it was like some revenge fantasy of hers from like college? No, no, I hate I, I don't know if you'll take this very well, but I don't think it was that. I I'm guessing, but of course I don't, I'm in no better position. I'm in a worse position than you to know, because I don't even know these characters, but my guess is that they just weren't thinking that much about you. What? That's even I just, worse. What? No, I just, I, thinking about me. they were probably caught up in their wedding. They were probably caught up in that. I why think that's a say that then. So why tell me that he's perfect and so amazing and they can't wait to introduce me. I like, know why that was that. That's a little surprising that she built that guy up that way, isn't it? I mean, oh, I understand that. Oh, That's oh, surprising. God, I mean, he was fucking like horror movie quality. Mm. What do I do? Well, first of all, you didn't kill anybody, right? So you're not you're not going to be arrested. But I think that the question is, I think from our point of view. I mean, what you and I do, it's like looking back at what do you do to build your self-esteem? What do you do so that if you encounter another scenario like this, and hopefully you don't, because this was really bad, bad for you, bad timing and bad everything. But, but how can you go through something like that in a way that you maintain your kind of like balance? Maybe I need to get my boobs done. You think I mean, that would do it? You think I don't that know, would do maybe, it? Maybe because maybe I'm just getting old. Like I feel like I feel like you know, like when you're 22 and like everything is just like, ah. But like maybe it's just maybe it's just that. I maybe don't think I'm not I, working out enough or like. I'm I'm not for or against you ha- getting a boob job, but I don't think that's the answer to this. I don't think that's the answer to having to been bruised in your life, which you have been to the point where you have bruised self-esteem and it's hard to cope with something like this. I mean, another way to go through this might have been to go through it and think, 
this is a very screwed up situation. This is not how it's supposed to be. This is not how I want. And then just kind of like go through it without getting, without. Sit there and tolerate it. Like sit there and like, let them put me next to that person. No, I don't know exactly. I I wish I knew what exactly you should have done. I'm, I'm picturing there you are at that table with what you consider the discards. I I would think, well, maybe you can, uh, I've been at a lot of weddings, right? So I sort of know what that's like. And I've been actually put at tables I didn't like before. What have I done? Then, you know, I find somebody at that table I talk to. And it's not, and it's not great. Uh, maybe, I, maybe it turns out better than I expect. But no, it's kind of like I decide, okay, this is reality. Remember reality acceptance, radical acceptance. Oh. I decide this is reality right now. This is not a reflection of me. This is a reflection of reality right now. I just need to take it a moment at a time and say to myself, this is the way things are right now. What's the best thing I can do? Wait, 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 wait. But like, let me ask, because like, you know, this idea, like (laughs) that whole trope of like, you know, dress for the life you want. But like, isn't it also like you want to like sit with the company you want to have? Like you want to surround yourself with the reality you want? Like if I sit and accept that reality, aren't I just like degrading myself and becoming a fucking discard myself? Aren't I just saying, yes, this is who I am. Like, aren't I just making whatever insecurity I have like that much worse by just saying, yep, I just give up. I'm fucking over. No, I think you, I I don't think, I mean, I, I rarely have straight answers for you about questions you ask, but I do have one for this. No, I don't think it means that at all. I think it means that you've happened into a situation where you've been put with a group of people that you don't want to be with. And the question is, how do you get through it? How do you get through it? With them. And then everyone's like, oh, look at Taylor. She was sitting in the corner. Taylor, Taylor, but Taylor, the issue is whether you, what's your relationship to yourself? What's your relationship to yourself? Not does your table you're sitting at reflect who you are. The pictures reflect who you are. And I realize that this is a lot of how you've been raised is to think that way. about things, but I'm trying to challenge that and hoping that you can start to see, even if they put you with like uh, Shrek and Porky the pig, <laughs> right? And a bunch of hobbits. Well, like you, really you came, you thought you were coming to the... You were coming to the red carpet affair and you were going to the Oscars or you're at the Met Gala or something like that. And you think it's that and you show up and there's Porky the Pig, Shrek, a bunch of piglets (laughs) and hobbits and and they put you at that table. I want you to be able to be at that table and not become a hobbit and not become a Porky the Pig. (laughs) I would never become a hobbit or a Porky (laughs) the Pig. And not think, oh my God, this determines my future or this determines... No, what determines your future is... Can you ride through an insult to your self-esteem in a way that maintains your self-esteem? Is there some way you can sort of say, no, this is reality? Very smart. Like, I mean, I don't think anyone should ever insult my self-esteem. Let's be clear. But like, you're right that you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Because why would I give those discards the power to insult my I, Now, I, I like this thinking a little better. I like this thinking. This is a little closer to being able to get through this because yeah. they did. They did have a lot of power, and that and you gave them that power. You gave no, them the power. Like I, they did not deserve any authority over my feelings. Like I don't know that they didn't deserve it. Now, 
yes, that they, they. I don't want them to have authority over your feelings. I want even even if you were there with with like the perfect guy, the one you thought was going to be there. Mm. You know, even there, you're giving that the power over determining. Are you a worthwhile person? Well, I'm a worthwhile person because I'm with a beautiful guy. No, you're a worthwhile person because you're a worthwhile person. That's well, that's I... the missing piece is to be able to say, I'm sitting at a table with people that are not like me, that I there I think of them as the discards. Of course that's already a problem to to because then you're stuck with people you're thinking of as discards, so then you have to separate yourself. Yeah, but, but doctor, I... like that's the reality of the world. Like, let's be real. Like, I understand you want to be in some utopia where every No, I want you. Like, no, I don't want. I'm not talking about what I want. No, but that's just the truth is that there are discards and there are people like there are there is excellence and there is mediocrity. And I mean, that's just the way it is. No, this is a way of thinking. Oh, please. This is your way of thinking. And I'm challenging that a little bit because I want you to be able to maintain your connection to yourself, your best self. Well, exactly. Even I even if you're put with Porky self. the pig, you want to be your best self, and that doesn't mean well, I'm not necessarily going to like see Porky the pig as a paragon of excellence. You don't have to see him as a paragon. You okay, just well, as see. Long as I can see him as a discard, and I can see myself as excellent. I do think that that is a way to cope. I know you don't see it that way, Taylor. I, I just see that that is a way to to sort of subdivide the world to try to rescue your self-esteem so that you feel better about yourself. You're actually fine as you are in so many ways. Doctor, that's what people say to people they pity. You're fine as you are in so many ways. Oh, really? Oh, oh. I say that. I don't just say that to people I pity. Maybe it's oh. pitiable. I don't want to be fine as I am in so many ways. I want to be the best. And I don't want to have anything to do with people that are fine as they are in so many ways. With all due I, respect. I want you to feel like you're a special person and you're yes. a lovable person. Uh, whether or not you're with special lovable people. Mm. That's hard for you. Because you're, a lot of uh, how you rescue yourself from things you've been through in your life that have thrown you down onto the ground and into the gutter in your mind is that you have to elevate yourself by thinking of yourself in these sort of elevated ways. I just think that's going on here. We don't need to keep going on that. We'll yeah. be coming back to it. But I do think that's one of your strategies. And it's a strategy that doesn't work, especially when you get into a situation like this. It mainly well, only works time, though. even if you're with people that you consider sort of discards or but whatever. But I just feel like the solution is just not to be with the discards. That's one solution, but it, but sometimes you can't avoid that, as you learned the other night. I, I mean, the only like, way to avoid it is you could have walked out, but you well, didn't want to. There were reasons not to walk out, and I hear what you're saying. Do you think it was saying. Gina's fault, though? Like, don't you think if she had just, like, been a little bit, like, less of a cunt? Than I'd maybe? have to know. Look, if, if I learned from Gina, by the way, she's coming in for the next session. Ha ha ha. Ha, no, she's ha, not. ha ha. She's not coming. Ha, very but funny. I want to, because I have to find out. This is, I, I'm doing community therapy here. And <laughs> if, if I found out that Gina sat around contemplating how to make you miserable, yeah. then I would, then I would go with you on this one. I just doubt it. I just think that people, when they're about to get married, I mean, their brains are gone. Their brains are gone. They're caught up in other things for a little while. 
I don't know what she'll come out of this. She may look back and say, you know what? I don't know what she'll say. But no, I doubt that she calculatedly tried to degrade you. I just think she, uh, you know, you just weren't the highest priority. And that's a painful thing for you. That's a very painful thing for you. I'm so angry with her. I know you are. I mean, what you said at the end. I know. What are you going to do about that? I don't know. She may deserve an apology from you. Shit. Shit. I like the way. You, I like that you're actually considering that and that you feel terrible about it rather than just think that she doesn't deserve an apology. Well, she does I don't deserve think an apology. She an that apology, does. But like, I know I lied, and I know that like, well, I got a text from Sarah, and like, apparently, like the rest of her night was really bad, and she was really upset, and she thought she believed it. So, she, she believed what? She believed that I was sleeping with her fiance. Oh, yeah. So you really did her in. Oh, my God. You know. At least a little bit. She didn't deserve that. But let me tell you, nor did you deserve having her build up an image of this guy. And call me a bitch to that fuck. Well, if she said that, you only heard that secondhand from someone who was mad at you. So you don't even know for sure. But she might have called you a bitch. But I I wouldn't necessarily take him at face value. Everybody calls me you know? bitch behind my back. You know that. And if they all if they all do, that has to continue to be part of our therapy because then there, there's things you're doing to people that are offending them. Well, maybe that they just need to fucking toughen up. Like, why do I have to be the one to toughen up? It's really just hard to accept. Yes, it is. It is. It is. Thank you for getting that. It's very hard to accept. And and it's going to be work for us in the future. So even though you didn't quite feel mm-hmm. like coming today, I want you to keep coming because we have to look at what's happening between you and other people. Because I think what happened to this whole wedding scenario or this wedding dinner scenario, whatever you want to call it, I think it's very important. And we need, probably need to look at pieces of it again as you mm-hmm. feel a little bit removed. It's more in the rearview mirror because things happen there that are your biggest vulnerabilities your biggest vulnerabilities, like getting knocked down and feeling like a discard when you're not and feeling like you're, you know, all these things and then having to defend yourself by indicating your power and that you can get revenge and you can punish people and you're on top of them. And and it's like you discarded them in the end. They discarded you. And you so discarded, I discarded them. them. Exactly right. I just, I know, them. but then in the, in the long run, that's, that doesn't help you build a life. Then you just got a bunch more people who think you're a bitch. Ugh. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of that. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask Gina when I see her. Ha ha. ha, ha, ha. Funny doctor. This, right. Yeah. It's, it's doctor humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I'll think about it. I just like, ugh. ugh. I like right. feeling right. <laughs> All right. End of, end of role play. So we can <laughs> discuss it a little bit. Oh God! What are you, an actress? You're <laughs> you're really an actress, Jesus! Now oh, talk man. about discards. You put me to shame as an actor. <laughs> that was um, that was interesting. Oh, oh, oh! It was really. You know what's really difficult in treating somebody who's narcissistic like that is they are so 
wired, so vulnerable, so that I, I have to be really thoughtful of what I say. And I don't think that that's overkill. I think when somebody, when you have a friend who's narcissistic, a family member who's narcissistic, or a patient that's narcissistic, or if you had a doctor that was narcissistic, all of which are possible, then, and if you really want to keep a good relationship, you have to work. It's, it requires extra work. I was really, really surprised, like how compassionate you were and how validating you were. And it must like extraordinary amount of work because, I mean, I was ready to turn on you kind of at any moment, like, but it was, you were so generous to, like, I felt, I felt myself getting a little disarmed and a little bit like, yeah, and I felt I, you, myself... It was very skillful, I thought, but it must have been very tough. It's very tough. I think when you work with somebody like that, you have to hold in yourself your frustration. You have to hold yourself actually feelings potentially of contempt mm -hmm. towards people that, that where you start to feel like, are you kidding? I can't <laughs> believe she's saying... Are you... Really? Does she really believe that? I mean, you really... If you just said what you wanted to say yeah. in, with someone like that, it would end. It just wouldn't work. It's a, it's a very fragile system, and that and makes it complicated. So you can suck up to people and say, oh, yes, they all screwed you over. Oh, yes, Gene is a jerk. Oh, yes, the, this fat yeah. guy is a fat, ugly discard. Yeah. And I could, if I just agreed with all of those things, we might do fine right now. Right. But, but it's unrealistic, and there'll be a certain point when that will break down. Because if I don't think that way too, right. if I'm not in where you're at, but I act like I'm where you're at because I don't want to offend you or get you angry. Yeah, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. It's eventually we're going to drift apart or we're going to blow up or something's going to happen. So if you really want to be honest, but, you, but on the other hand, you have to take it for a while. And I think in this mm -hmm. session, I needed to, in a way, walk the edge of saying, of course you were insulted, or oh my God, that was terrible, or how did they set that up? Things like that that are right on the edge of yeah. uh, colluding with your yeah. image of the world as as set up against you. But then by the end, I started to be able to say more to you. By the end, I started to be able to bring up that this is your problem. Yeah, and I um, have no, no, no intention of being open even to considering apology. Um, but by the end, I was like, okay, I see how it's in my interest. That's what I think you did very, very skillfully was I started to, you know, as Taylor to see how it was in my best interest to not have people think I was a bitch, you know, to, to really take responsibility and maybe humble myself, um, which was, a you know, which when we started – it was like, oh, no, 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 no. She should be coming and apologizing to me. It was a, So that was really interesting to kind of see how that wall and the armor kind of slowly came mm. off. Um, and even how I, I, how I wanted to tell you. Like, in the beginning, I didn't want to tell you anything. And I was just kind of like, yeah, you're going to get mad. And, but I'm right. But then, like, as you right. showed some interest, I really wanted to share, and I wanted to open up, and it let me really relax, and I felt like we were a team, and that was really interesting because mm. 
Mm. I think that had it been, had you positioned yourself as more of a judge or as someone that was like, you know, had you said anything along the lines of you threw a glass at some man's head, like, okay, this is a problem. We need to just, like, like this is point one of intervention, like trouble, alarm. I would have shut down right away and been defending myself. But you did, you really received that with curiosity and non-judgment, at least ostensibly. So I felt like I could share more. And that was, that was interesting to feel from the inside. Well, you know, the throwing of the glass was the least interesting part of the story. I mean, the, the story was uh, what happened to you that would lead up to that. And, and, and from the narcissistic point of view, the way you divide the world in your mind yep. between the worthwhile people yep. and the discards. You know, the people at the main table yeah. and the discards, the people who you should be with and the discards. And so you ally yourself with the images of people that are high up yeah. and you and you belong with them. And and none of the, and everybody else are, discard, are are either irrelevant or they're obnoxious, you know. And mm-hmm. so it's it's a perfect example yeah. that you, of how you've divided the world in your mind, you, the, the, the grandiose part of you the entitled part of you, the one that deserves special treatment, the one that's a bit haughty and arrogant, a bit, <laughs> you just think, and just, and things like that, 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 that you absolutely lie yourself. So all I can do is to begin to listen to that, hear that, take that in, and still work with you and try not to diss you, because that would just feed into the same problem as it it's the it's the world of dissing right. people, yes. and 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 then start to inquire: Is there something different you could do? Is there something different you could have even? I couldn't get to the point, for instance, of saying, you know, this fat ugly guy. God knows. I mean, I might say I've known fat ugly guys who turned out to be some of the most interesting people I've ever known. Yeah, Taylor and, and was not open to that. Taylor's not open to that. We couldn't have gone there. That I would that would have been my agenda, but not yours, and I couldn't really do that. So I. In a way, when you're with somebody who's that narcissistic, I think you're you're feeling your way. And on the other hand, there's something to be said for just, you know, nail, nailing the truth yeah. uh, about reality. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm um, as I do sometimes, I made a song about this uh, just a couple hours ago. But it, here's the problem with this song. It's the first draft, as some of my others have been. And it's and it's. Uh, the only way I can say it, it would, if I took this song further, I'd have to turn it into a rap unless I'm, it's not exactly a country Western kind of thing. Um, so here's how it goes. And it, it's a direct reference to what we just went through, but I didn't know in what exact ways it would be because I didn't know exactly how this would unfold. It's called Ups and Downs. I was down on my luck, barely had a buck. I didn't give a fuck. I never was more stuck. Along came a dream with a chance, so it seemed, a chance to redeem my wounded self-esteem. No longer have to hide, could resurrect my pride. Gina offered a hot guy. Oh my God, did Gina lie. He made me so disgusted, any dream was busted. Gina, who I trusted, had betrayed me and I was crushed. He asked me for a dance. I said, dream on, no fucking chance. Are you living in a trance? You will never find romance. Definitely not with you, he said. 
You're so bitchy through and through, which Gina told me, so it's true. You think you're hot? You're not. I launched a glass at his head. I smiled as he screamed and bled. No one fucks with me, I said, unless they want to end up dead. Started out so deflated. Got my hopes up. Felt elated. Got shot down. Devastated. Got revenge. Celebrated. The end. Little summary. Little summary. Um, any further thoughts before we stop? No, but you know what? I'm curious for you, for from your point of view, like, you know, how the audience can be listening to these role play, you know, like to when you were really being so compassionate last week um, in your conversation with a potential narcissist patient. You know, mm-hmm. like, I think it's sometimes interesting for me to think, like, what's it like to imagine you're, like, to find these parts in ourselves? Where can we relate to, even even through just, you know, a shard of um, of a reference point? A shard of, like, okay, yeah, maybe I'm not this extreme, but, and you did this a bit when we started this whole series. But where where do I contain some of this? arrogance where am i dividing the world into good and bad um you know the right people and the wrong people and just kind of build that bridge between you know where we are and and these you know the people that are struggling with this because i think then that's just one of the ways i think to kind of unravel pathologizing and really build that compassion muscle um, and I think whenever I play a character, just it really helps me to say, like, how do I fall in love with this person? You know, what do I know about this? How do I really understand this, you know, in my own body? So that's just a just a thought. And I'm curious if you'd think about that at all when you're working with people or. Um, yeah. You know, I do. I think I explicitly do sometimes because even in this one, even in this role play, there was a there was a moment for a while I was thinking about being in third grade in uh, Albany, Oregon at my little school. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy named David. I don't want to say his last name because he could still be around listening to this podcast or anybody else could. And David became like the object of uh, he was a, he was people, including myself, talked about him as if he was a discard. I felt embarrassed later, but um, I've been in, I've been on both sides of this uh, before. I've known people that I love that do this to people and do this uh, themselves. Um, I don't think any of us is all that far away from it. So I think that when I hear somebody like you were playing doing this, I have this feeling of sympathy of, oh, my God, look what she has to do to cope with reality. She has to divide reality into the pieces that are acceptable to her, which Mm. are, from her point of view, the elevated pieces. And then everybody else or everything else said, well, that's a sad event, and it's also an understandable event, and it goes on everywhere. And I've seen it in my life, and I've been there. I grew up in a family with, you know, five of us, and, and it went on between my siblings and me. Like, who's who's on the out? Who's in the doghouse this week? 
who's the asshole this week? Yeah. I mean, who's the who's the idiot this week? And and so I think we all are human and we're involved with other humans and we get involved in these kind of processes of of, of inflation and deflation mm-hmm. on a routine basis if we stop and think about it. So I don't think um, any of us is very far from this. And, and some of the teachings of Thich Nhat Hanh about this have affected me, about him feeling like, um, I mean, he doesn't even say it as a, as a simile or as an example. He'll just say, you know, I am. If he were talking about this, he'd say, I am the discard. Yes. I am the narcissist. Yes. I am Gina. I am. And so we're all so closely related to each other mm-hmm. that um, we don't have to look very far. I mean, if you only knew four people in your life, there's probably one you're discarding and one you're looking up to. And, and you think that some days you're on top of the world and sometimes you're scraping yourself out of the gutter. So it's like you don't need a huge point of reference. I mean, you just have to open your mind. Oh, true. No, that's such a beautiful summary. And I guess I would can encourage everyone to, to think about, you know, where can you maybe share this? Um, where might it be a a bridge or an invitation to a conversation um, or just kind of like an unexpected gift of compassion. Um, I think, you know, not as a problem to solve or, you know, a way to to make a criticism, but just as an opening of a door. Because uh, all of these episodes, I think, have the potential to do that and mm. uh, from that posture of I am. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, so I thought what you just said was a, a nice lead into asking people to, if they're to, to be thinking about this kind of thing, but also giving us feedback. Yes. Um, we're always wanting feedback and I'm not sure we always get what, what is out there in your minds about this. And I don't think you understand how much it means to us yeah. to, to hear. We, we, we receive feedback sometimes through, uh, comments on podcasts that where you listen to this or else we I get it on my website and then because uh, there's a place you can send an email through my website and I get it there any way else that you can do that leaving leaving and comments um, and comments, uh, reviews feedback. or email with what would you love to hear about what you know what mm. are you really interested in where would you like to go deeper what excites you, inspires you, intrigues you? Any of that um, would be really, really welcome. Okay. So, adios, everybody. Be well. Bye. Take care. Bye.